and welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Ragland, and come one, come all, to one of the greatest guests on Earth. Today's guest is Kiba Dog Lover 45, a freelance animator, character designer, and creator of the absolutely amazing webcomic Circus of Freaks, among other things. Kiba was a guest that I had been eager to have on the podcast, especially knowing the impact that they've had on my producer, Tipsy J Hearts, among other things. But seeing the repertoire of stuff that they have and knowing the amazing content that they have in them ready to be unleashed onto the world, I just knew I had to have a sit-down conversation with them. And I will say this was a conversation I had both expected and then some to be as good as it possibly can be. So I sincerely hope you guys enjoy as much as I did, if not more. Make sure you support Kiba with all the links down below, especially her YouTube and her Patreon. All support will definitely be helpful. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer so you can know when the newest episodes drop. Plus, make sure you leave a review. Five stars, please. Trust me, I'm seeing that stuff and I appreciate you guys leaving it. Very much appreciated. If you want to go even further with that support... Why not consider going to the merch shop at pmap.creator-spring.com to check out the wide range of amazing streetwear that you cannot get enough of once you see it. Trust me. If you want to go even further with that support, and I'm already surprised if you haven't given that support yet, or if this is your first time, I completely understand. But if you want to go even further with that support, why not go to the Apocalypse Podcast Network Discord server, where you can talk more about this podcast and other outstanding ones in the network. In fact, let's hear about another exciting podcast in the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Hey kids, it's the Honey Leave It Show. We just want to say thank you. We just passed the 3,000 download mark which is a big deal for a new podcast and so we're just really really grateful if you've never heard of the honey leave it show it's a comedy podcast about sex so if you like laughing and you like sex you should come and listen to the show if you don't like to laugh and you don't like to have sex please don't bother you won't enjoy it at all uh, the honey leave it show has new episodes every friday on stitcher soundcloud spotify and apple of course Looking forward to seeing y'all there. Bye. And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Hello? There you are. <laughs> Sorry. My my audio sometimes would like to, like, whenever the, instead of going to the headphones, it'll sometimes go to my microphone, which isn't connected, which is weird. No, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I thought my, my, uh thing was acting up because i have my sound suppression pretty high up (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was really good i couldn't hear a thing which is wonderful (laughs) oh no how you doing today i'm doing okay a little little nervous i don't blame you honestly like with most of my guests i'm nervous as well so we're in the same boat we're good um (laughs) (laughs) sorry i just want to make sure my phone was on silent uh Thank you so much for doing this. You have been a guest that I've been excited to have on this podcast, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to be here. Really? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those, especially ever since I've gotten to know uh, Tipsy, Maria, or whatnot, you've been a person that I've been 
uh, keeping an eye when it comes to their work and such, and knowing how much of an impact you've had on them, plus the stuff you're doing, it, I, I just don't see why not. <laughs> like, I'll say, like, believe it or not, you are really influential, and I appreciate you being a good influence. Or a bad well, influence, you. that's debatable, but... <laughs> Well, maybe, I don't know what I'm probably doing. <laughs> Either way, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm assuming this is your first time appearing on a podcast? Oh, yes. Very first. So sorry if I get, like, jittery. And stuff. <laughs> Do not apologize for anything. If nothing else, like, I've had a lot of other guests, it being their first time. It's also like, for me, I'm always jittery as well, making sure that the conversation just flows well. So, again, we're in the same boat. I think we're good. <laughs> so either this is going to be really amazing or an absolute train wreck. Either way, I hope people enjoy. Um, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Have you watched episodes of this podcast before? Oh, yeah, I watch it at work. <laughs> oh, that I'll I, be I'll be at my POS job and I'll just have my phone in the corner and put a little AirPod in there and I'm just like <laughs> typing orders and listening. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. That really like makes me feel I, re I I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Do you have like a personal favorite episode or something? Just out of curiosity. I think I think Oaks Oak Soul was my favorite so far. <laughs> Oak Soul. Oh, uh, the possum. Uh, opossum. I, I think I yeah. Opossum. I messed up their name. Oh, no. no but Opossum was my favorite. They really inspired me at the end of work. I ran all the way home and started drawing. That is incredible to hear. What's funny is, so you may have butchered, like, their name, but, like, their actual name. Like, apparently, like, Janae LaPire, or however you pronounce it. Apparently, I mispronounced that, and I didn't know until, like, last week that I mispronounced it. Because she's like, yeah, no, like, you mispronounced it. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? She like, you were in, like, a mode, and I didn't want to disrupt the flow. And I'm like, I hate, just, I hate saying names wrong. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I feel better. You tend to butcher everyone's name because when you live in Croatia or in another country and how they pronounce things oddly, mm. I have to pronounce things oddly. Gotcha. I didn't even realize the Croatian part. So that's something that's a new wrinkle that will add to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I mean, I'm sure since you've listened to the episodes, you know, quite possibly the biggest butcher job I've had. And that's pronouncing our eggs name wrong. <laughs> oh, I, I remember that one. <laughs> I will never live that down personally. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to that and I was chuckling throughout work. <laughs> Even like my bakery manager was looking. He's like, what? He's like, he won't get it. <laughs> it's like, it, it's a thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, no, but thank you for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate the support and I'm glad you're enjoying it. Oh, no, like I always look forward for new episodes so I can listen as I'm typing orders. So. Nice. All right, Kiba, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast. Let's say you get an opportunity to go to a deserted island on your own accords. It is just you alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, and breathe for a little bit. But to make sure you don't go, you know, crazy on this island, you get to bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help coping with this new atmosphere. What is that one piece you bring with you? I don't know. I feel like any media I take, I'll go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's be like that's hard because there's like because there's like two things I love, but I quote them so much. I would 
It was either Monkey Bone, the movie, or um, all the Kingdom Hearts games. Okay. <laughs> it's either those. You know what? Like, when it comes to, like, quotable stuff alone, those two certainly have their place in history, to say the least. Um, I, was, I was afraid if someone finds me in the island, I turn around, it's like, did you talk about the door to darkness? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what is it about those two things in particular that have like a special place in your heart that you would like to bring with you? It's just quotable and just stupid fun. <laughs> if that makes any sense. I mean, at the very least, the voices in your head are not voices in your head, but just quotes on repeat in your head. So you're not going completely insane. You're just reiterating stuff. <laughs> but if I really had to choose, I think, uh, I guess Kingdom Hearts, because I'll keep like occupied for a long time as monkey bone would drive me crazy <laughs> as in I'll, I'll be quoting it i will i'll forget to speak and just quote the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> that is fair are, are we just bringing like just the first one are you bring in like the entire series because i know there's like 12 games if you include like the side ones or whatnot oh i probably would bring the whole game gotta <laughs> the whole series <laughs> if i could that's fair enough <laughs> if i, I mean could. I mean, if nothing else, like, just the hours of entertainment alone could help certainly take your mind off of stuff as you quote them 20 million times. Oh, yeah. No, I did that once. I think I took, like, a week off and I was just playing nothing. I didn't even finish it. <laughs> <laughs> well, th there you go. You can take as long t as, as much time as you need on this island just finishing it up finally. Let's get all the games. <laughs> Get them all. Complete them. Get 100%. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But nevertheless, the Kingdom Hearts series, that is your answer. You're locking it in. Locking it in. That's my favorite game ever. Ever since I was a teenager, I was super upset. Oh my god, there were so many drawings I had of Kingdom Hearts. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll certainly get to that. But until then, why don't we really get started with the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to subscribe or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer. I'm a part of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com for more about this podcast and other outstanding ones in the network. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> they are a freelance animator, character designer, and creator of the stunning webcomic Circus of Freaks, among others. Welcome to the podcast, Kiba Lover, sorry, Kiba Dog Lover 45! <laughs> Hello, my, now my new name's gonna be Kiba Lover. <laughs> <laughs> well, if nothing else, I feel like this podcast should reiterate that we all love Kiba, at least I hope. Um, but nevertheless, <laughs> I'm glad, thank you, Kiba Dog Lover 45, for taking the time to be here and be a part of this podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Just, you know, just living. <laughs> you know what? That's all I could ask for at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but. Before we really go to how you live in these days, why don't we go back just a little bit? Because I want to know more or less the origin stories. I, oh, wait, actually, before I even get started with that, I have to ask quite possibly one of the most important questions I've ever asked on this podcast. And bear with me on this one, because this might be a, a tough one for you to answer. My question, Ooh. Kiba, have you tried any pitless cherries? Don't you dare talk about that in front of me! <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Joey. <laughs> I love how I asked that question. You instantly know, oh, that's Maria. Because <laughs> she brings it up all the time. I love cherries. 
I live in a, I not live in a grocery store. I work at a grocery store. I've seen maraschino cherries. I'm surrounded by cherries. They all have pits except for maraschino. <laughs> but have you tried them? That's the question. <laughs> I love maraschino cherries. I don't know what jelly had. <laughs> Fair enough. Nevertheless, <laughs> as as guessed by Kiva themselves, obviously, this was the question by the wonderful producer, Tipsy J. Hart. So thank you, Maria, for providing us with that. Now let's get to the actual interview, shall we? <laughs> Do so. <laughs> but now that we got that question out of the way, let's get to the real question. The real first one that I want to ask, because I want to know more or less the origin story of Kiva. What got you interested in art and animation in the first place? Well, I think I like I always loved animation and art. Like my mom would always tell me stories that I would like she would put on like Disney films like Aladdin, Lion King, like all those stuff. And I would always be hooked on whenever she turned on like live action stuff. I, you know, walk away, <laughs> I go like just run away from the TV. Like, ew, live action people. Nasty, gross. Get that away from me. People, I don't want to deal with them. <laughs> I don't want to deal with real people. Give me the cartoon people. <laughs> Give me Roger Rabbit. There you go. Was that one of, like, the first big ones that, like, piqued your interest? Like, do you remember, like, the first animation that, like, really got you, like, attached no matter what? I, I know there's one, but that would be later. I think that was, like, Brother Bear was the one that oh. really, like, hammered it. <laughs> you, had, like, you saying that, like, sparked a memory in my brain. Because I remember watching that movie so many times over and over. Oh, my God. Oh, if there was one DVD I'm surprised I didn't destroy was Brother Bear. I would watch it religiously. <laughs> I loved it so much. Tell everybody I'm on my <laughs> way. <laughs> like, but, even when I was in college when they trashed him, I'd just be like, don't you dare diss my Brother Bear. <laughs> can we also recognize that anytime Phil Collins got to do a Disney soundtrack, he did not have to go as hard as he did with the songs? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I think I would listen to, like, Brother Bear and Tarzan like the music a lot. <laughs> and you know what? That is fair because, again, the music that he provided for both of them, like, absolutely outstanding. But, like, even then, the story of Brother Bear, like, that was just it, – it really tugged to the heartstrings. I'm surprised it doesn't get more love these days. Oh, yeah. Like, I would, like – I know when I was also younger, like, people – like, in my school, everyone kind of made fun of me because – you know, everyone wanted to be like a dancer, a dancer, like dancer, actor, all that. And here I'm like, I want to make cartoons. And they're like, you're weird. <laughs> it's like, what? You want to be a, like a cartoon maker? I didn't know what an animator was. So I'd always say like, I'm going to be a cartoon director. This and that. I mean, if nothing else, if that's something that you've aspired for before. And I mean, look where you are now. I think you're at least on the right path for it. I mean, you could look at all those people and be like, ha ha, I told you. <laughs> so since you kind of always grew up with just kind of this love and wanting to work with cartoons when did if you go from just like a general love to a passion and wanting to make it your career i think like what really opened my eyes is that um like again going back to like my childhood like i my mom would always get like dvd sets or some of the old vhs's that if you watch past the credits they would have behind the scenes stuff oh absolutely and that was where and that's where i usually like Every, like, I remember whenever a friend would come over and we watch a movie, I'm like, I go immediately to like the behind the scenes and I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch no behind the scenes stuff. I'm like, we're watching it. <laughs> 
I was gonna say you and me are on the same boat. Like whether uh, like I, it was live action for me too, but I'm talking about like just any time I would get like a DVD. Like yes, I'd love the movie, but I'd always be like pining to know like the behind the scenes stuff, the little extras, the bloopers, all that stuff. Same. I would love to see like the the animatics, the bloopers, like how they do it. Some of the like the like fun fact stuff they did. Just even like when I had like the DVD, like the one thing I would watch and I miss it so much now. It's commentary. I would always listen to like the director's commentary. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just getting their insight, what they wanted to go for. Like that's the stuff that we get like more or less nowadays with like Twitter threads from the creators themselves. Mm-hmm. I miss hearing their, their voice. Cause the one that I also like listen to and there it's a live action film that I still hold dearly to this day is Goonies. I would listen to the yes. commentary of Goonies like so much. <laughs> There we like go. hearing like oh what they did to the like when they were acting hearing like the director talk about like some of the stuff it's just I, I just I always love cinematography or like cartoons I just love hearing behind the scenes stuff I want to know what goes into these like films like I really really love hearing it I miss it nowadays I mean they're kind of bringing it back I listened to the Boy Story 4 commentary and that was really interesting to hear but it's slowly coming back but I wish there was more I, I, I think we all wish for more of, uh, well, a lot of us would definitely like to wish for more of it, especially in today's internet era to where, sorry, where we just like dig through whatever info we can get to get more about it, you know, like it, it, mm-hmm. as cool as it is in like a Twitter post or in a random YouTube video, like having it attached with the project itself in one aspect for another, that's just like cherry on top of everything. Oh, yeah. I know, like, another thing I used to, like, I, I did a lot of weird things as a kid. Well, I should say weird because it, it kind of made me to what I am today. Mm-hmm. I would actually watch also films, like, frame by frame. Like, I would literally put it at the slowest motion and just see every frame move slowly. <laughs> that's smart. So that's how my mind works now. <laughs> that's how my mind works. Like, if I have an action in my head, I have to, like, see it frame by frame, kind of like how I used to. Like, one that I, I watched a lot because I thought it was a cool was Madagascar. I would literally watch Madagascar frame by frame. <laughs> You know what? I don't blame you. Like, especially with how unique of a movie that was. Yeah, especially seeing just some of the individual frames that they had to do to make, like, the 3D characters look as animated as they did. I mean... Like the squash and stretch and then, like, flailing everywhere. I just wanted to see... I just wanted to see everything back then. I'm like, I really wanted to be an animator. Like, I was writing stories as a kid, and I just was like, I'm going to ship this to Disney, and we'll see what happens. I never did. <laughs> Would you, <laughs> would you say that Disney was probably one of the biggest inspirations for making you want to be an animator? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Fair like, enough. Again, like Brother Brother Bear, Aladdin, uh, even Nightmare for Christmas, even though I just not that many 2D stuff. But, like, I love I, – I was very, ex- like, experimental, like, loving every single one computer, stop motion, all that. There you go. Do you have any other, like, major inspirations for, like, your art and such? Oh, I sh- – I guess like it's okay. Uh, I love like the, the <laughs> like one big inspiration that I still hold on to this day is like Chris Anders, like Lilo and Stitch. That's my favorite Disney movie of all times. <laughs> Fair, that is a good. I got pick. Sti- I got Stitch stuff everywhere. I even got a Stitch model from like Japan. Oh, <laughs> like, that's right sick. Yeah, it's like you can pose it and change its face and everything. I love it so much. It's like right next to me. <laughs> that is incredible. I, I, you gotta send me a picture of that now because that just sounds absolutely insane. And I mean, I, I will. I, I appreciate that. But I mean, even then, like you know, like aside from the fact that you know the characters alone, like especially the story that they were telling and like how beautiful that animation looked, I see why that is a good inspiration, if nothing else. <laughs> 
I love anything Chris Sander touches. I love Lilo Stitch. I love How to Train Your Dragon. I even love the Croods, even though I, it's not the best, but I still love the hell of it. <laughs> not I would love to look through Chris Sander's sketches. You know, I love. Go. I just love Chris Sander's. I even found his DeviantArt as a, like a teenager, and I was like constantly watching. <laughs> mm, I'm glad you mentioned DeviantArt because that, that kind of leads to one of the next points. It's one of those I know you were. Very, no. I was, I'm, 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 I'm gonna just briefly mention this, but it might be something that helped may have further your career more or less. But I know that you were at one point very prominent when it came to DeviantArt. What is it about DeviantArt that kind of drew you to it and did it more or less help you progress to being an artist in general? I think like, cause I know like I got to DeviantArt when I was in Europe. <laughs> I didn't know. I think I, I heard it before moving to Europe. I think my friends were talking about it cause they, you know, they were anime people so they would always like draw naruto stuff they got me into it a little bit okay and they're like oh i want to post like i'm going to post my Southgate drawing in deviantart and i'm like what's deviantart and i go oh, it's an art site i didn't have a computer so i didn't know <laughs> fair <laughs> no, I, I was a poor child no, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless like yeah i guess if nothing else, I can imagine that once you learned about DeviantArt, that was that may have opened another door. It may have been a door to darkness, but opened another door <laughs> for you to more or less get further invested with art, seeing not only what professionals are able to, professionals are able to do, but like people that have like no experience at the, for the time being, like just working on their craft. Oh yeah, I think I just started posting because I'm like I wanted to show my work to a lot of people because I know I try. I don't. I hope I don't sound depressing, and I'm sorry if I do. When I used to do like draw stuff, like a lot of people weren't interested. Like my, you know, my stepdad wasn't interested. My mom was always busy. Okay. My classmates thought I was too dark or too weird because I liked anime. I was the only weeb <laughs> in my Croatian school. So. <laughs> so I had like no one. So I went on DeviantArt because I heard like someone talk, like my old, old friends talk about it. And I would post art and that's when people would kind of interact. Like I would be even happy just like one person interacted so that's where i technically got like kind of hooked because like people wanted to see my stuff and i just kept spewing out more and more and more because i disliked that there was people that wanted to see my art instead of just like critiquing it like oh it's too dark go care bear friendly or oh it's too dark like oh it's this is too this and this is too that it's like i want to draw what i want (laughs) exactly that's that's how the internet should be it's one of those you should be able to post and create the stuff that you want at the end of the day Mm-hmm. So that's where I got like super deep, and then I was showing off my characters, and I got like again, I was like, it, it felt like kind of a little bit of a job. Like I wanted to post as much as possible. Like I wanted to improve. I would discover other like artists that were like in my level or in college level, and I'm like, oh, I want to be like that. I'm going to practice this style, or I'm going to draw fan art for this. I'm going to draw fan art for that. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Is DeviantArt where we got the first glance of your name, Kiba Dog Lover Forty Five? Where exactly did that come from? Oh, no. I, I, ironically, Cuba Dog Lover came from a Hotmail. <laughs> from a Hotmail. Like, was it one of those, like, generated names? Like, you know, hey, here's a suggested name. Oh, no, my friend, because she wanted me to have an email thing, because I only had my parents' email, and she was like, hey, I'm going to make, we're going to make you a Hotmail account. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, we're going to make you a Hotmail. What name do you want? And I was a huge Naruto fan, so that's where my name comes from. <laughs> Gotcha. From like, I, but Uz, I haven't seen Naruto in forever, but Kiba was my favorite Naruto character. <laughs> so she was like, okay, what's your name? And I, and I panicked. So pretty much Kiba Dog Lover came out of from pure panic. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and yet you stuck with it from here on out. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't. I was. I'm not creative with new names. I mean, so yeah, she was like, "What do you want, Kiba?" And I'm like, "Uh, yeah." And she's like, "Okay, what's what's your, what else do you want?" I'm like, "A dog lover." And she's like, "Okay, what number?" And I'm like, eh. "I saw 45 like really close together." I'm like, "45." <laughs> That's where it all came. <laughs> I mean, you say it came out of panic, but I personally think it's a, a name that's hard to forget, if nothing else. So I think you, you know whatever instinct kind of kicked in worked wonderfully from years later on. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. When I get in panic mode, like it sticks forever. Because you know, later on, I'll explain Circus of Freaks. But <laughs> oh no, trust me, we're going to devote a lot of this conversation to Circus of Freaks, among other things. But I did want to go back to DeviantArt just a little bit. I yeah. know that was a major ground for a lot of artists, especially ones that are making stuff these days. Was DeviantArt where you had your first exposure to Viv Vivzipop? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just spit all over my screen. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I was. Oh my god. I I was hooked with Viv stuff. Oh, I would used to like print out Alistor like stuff or Zoophobia was my favorite. Mm -hmm. I would literally print it out from my school computer and like decorate it in my locker. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I imagine. And like... same with other artists too. I used to do the same thing. But yeah. Viv. Oh my god. Viv has a. <laughs> big place in my heart i mean i'm still I, shocked I, that i work for her <laughs> i was gonna say i can't again imagine. going ahead <laughs> sorry I, I, you're perfectly fine trust me hey this is natural for the conversation like this i was gonna say like i can especially imagine with how much sh sh like deviant art was like the 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 be i guess the foundation for a lot of the stuff that she is especially known for these days so especially for someone like you that had a lot of influence from deviant art like i can instantly see why you probably gravitate toward her as one of the like big artist, one of the major artists that you probably like got a lot from, especially with like the environments and the characters that she created and such. Oh yeah, no, I I really love. I I miss her old art, but I understand why she would like get rid of it. But I just remember being so hooked. <laughs> I I assume is from just the general love that you eventually got the opportunity to work with her for Hasbin Hotel, among other things. Oh yeah, I remember. I think she was in college, and I think she was on. Tumblr. I think there was like a. I think I made a post. I didn't at her. I think I put it in like a secret note saying, "I will work for you." <laughs> like a deep threat. Like I will work for you. <laughs> Just watch. <laughs> you hear that, people out there? If you want to really work with someone, threaten them. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I didn't add them. It was just like a little, like those little period notes. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work for you. Watch, watch me. <laughs> and lo and behold, it became a reality, right? <laughs> Oh my god, I was so excited. Even though, like, I, I'll get to the like, that story because it was a it was a back and forth. <laughs> I'm already. I'll say I'm already intrigued because I was gonna ask Nesk, what has it been like, more or less, working with Viv to help bring that vision to life that she has had? Oh, it was a it was a. I remember when she opened up for her ha um, husband. I was trying to get in. I think I got in for the trailer, but she kind of forgot me. <laughs> um... So I was just waiting and waiting. Wait. It was a bit of my fault because I didn't message her like, hey, um, hello, <laughs> Ubu. <laughs> but I was so scared that Magpie kind of helped me get back. But I did try to sign up for lining, but, you know, I got declined for lining. I was still waiting for the animation, but Magpie was like, hey, uh, are you in? And I'm like, no, I've been waiting. And she's like, oh, let me go talk to Viv. And I got in. <laughs> there you go. But I didn't get animator. 
Like, I was supposed to have animator role, but I didn't get animator. And Viv was like, oh, we'll just put you in cleanup, even though I know you didn't do well. But we'll, like, we'll see you again. I'm like, okay. And I, didn't, I got to be cleanup. <laughs> I did the first pass. It was good. <laughs> there we go. So, there we go. So I was a uh, cleanup animator for, for Hasbin. And it was, it was, I had a blast with uh, Hasbin, just talking with everyone there, just seeing all the progress, you know, behind the scenes stuff. I love behind the scenes stuff. So <laughs> being part of that was just so important for me <laughs> i can imagine i mean it's not like you've stopped from last i checked you've been able to work on just about every single episode of hell of a boss and whatever may be happening next i imagine obviously ever since that first experience it's just been nothing but well i wouldn't say fun but it's been a great experience for you to be a part of that especially with how much it's progressed since that first trailer and such yeah, with, like, with hell of a i didn't get the first three i don't think i was the first three episodes mm. yeah i wasn't there because I know, I think she did open up for Helva, and I didn't sign in because I was, I think I was like moving or dealing with stuff. So I'm like, I'll just stick with Hasbin until it's over and then I'll try to reapply. Right. And re- reapplying for Helva was a li- not nerve wracking. It did stress me out a little bit because I wouldn't get in. Like I tried the first one. I think I got declined or the second time I was like, you know, I didn't get a response. Third time I didn't get a response. Fourth time I didn't get a response. And I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I remember the one time she opened up again, or like Hell of a was open. I was already irritated. I'm like, I'm just gonna throw it and then just go continue with my life. And then that's when they're like, Ping, hey, <laughs> you're accepted. I'm like, why is life like up. this? <laughs> I was about to give up. Uh, but nevertheless, like I know it's it, uh, again. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine it's been a cool experience, especially given the fact to animate some of those like unique characters that viv has done i do want to ask what is it about animation in general that just like creatively gets you going because i know there's like many different aspects and i've talked to many different people that have worked in spindle horse that have done so many different aspects of it but what is it about animation that you do that like creatively like makes you comfortable with it hmm so i know like uh because uh, i know like when i work on hell of a like i just i just love working with I like working with complex design. <laughs> and I know Helva has a lot of complex designs. <laughs> Even to though sometimes the I'll see sometimes I'll see like a super complex character. I'll be like, oh <laughs> like, oh no. That one scares me. <laughs> but but when it like when it comes to like just coloring them or lining them or animating like the cleanup animation flow of it, just like just seeing it and also kind of learning too, like from that animator, you learn how they use this technique to do it or like, I just love learning, like, techniques or how they do it and then just, like, kind of learning. Because then after I'm done with Helova, like, or if I take a break, I'll go to my own animations and then just try to imp- imply that. Just see, like, oh, they did this to get faster or they did that too. There you go. Like, this gets smoothly. <laughs> Throughout your tenure with Spindle Horse, do you have a personal, like, favorite scene that you have animated, whether it be with Hasbin or with the episodes of Helva that have been released? Like, do you have a personal favorite that you look back and be like, hell yeah, how the fuck did I do that? But it is so fucking awesome. Oh, there was one. I think there's like, that, that it, got, it got replaced. I used this a lot of my, like, animation reels or cleanup reels. Mm-hmm. It was the part in Helva that, not Helva, Hasbin, that... <laughs> I love so much. There's like technically two scenes. One was the dino bar where the dinosaur would come up and be like, is she for real? <laughs> like, I remember working on that for a long time and I was so proud of how it looked. And I was like, yeah, I did the dinosaur. I did those super, like, detailed dinosaurs and they look cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, I cleaned it up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There was that one. And what was the other one? <laughs> the other one was also from Husband because I had my favorite uh, character from Viv, which is Mimsy. And that was when oh. she was in the bar, like, grabbing onto the birds, like, the bird people. <laughs> and I saw Mimsy there. And I'm, I didn't even ask for it. Viv was like, okay, here's your next shot. And I saw Mimsy. And I'm like, oh, there's my girl. <laughs> Mimsy was all over my locker. <laughs> oh, I loved Mimsy so much. So having to clean, clean and color her up, I was just... Oh, I was so happy. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad you had a fun time getting to animate one of your favorite characters and such and being a part of Viv's madhouse at the very end of the day. But <laughs> I imagine, like, obviously, like, as cool as it is to work with Spin the Horse, you know, that's not, you know, what you are known for. That is not what you want to, you know, creatively be known for because obviously you have a lot of your own stuff that you've worked on for years on end. I know one of the biggest ones that you're known for, one of the ones I really want to talk about is Circus mm -hmm. of Freaks. Oh. <laughs> I have to know, what was the inspiration behind that comic in the first place? How did this idea even come to you? Circus of Freaks? Oh. I, I kind of, it came from, like, being a hit, like a history buff. Like, uh, mm. like, so hard. Go on. Um, it was, it's more, it's, it's, I'm going to sound so dark because I was an edgy teenager. I was like that one of those super edgy teenagers like, oh yes, blood and torture. <laughs> so I did a lot of research because I think in my class we were learning about like the Cold War stuff and I wanted to learn from like different parts of like the world. And I heard in like, it's a little morbid, but I heard like Chinese history, they would have like these circus shows where they would kidnap people and purposely disform them for money. And that's where I kind of got the idea. I think it all came from like a Poland trip, mm. which I'm so sorry if I get morbid again. I mean, this is this was my my uh, life in Croatia. <laughs> like uh, my my teacher got upset with a couple of my classmates because they were really bad. So we went to Auschwitz. <laughs> so oh, my my. Yeah, my teacher was being bullied because he was Jewish. He's like, hey, can I take these kids to Auschwitz? <laughs> and the principal was like, yeah, these kids are horrible. Take them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know we're talking about a very morbid conversation here, but holy shit, that's the best way to word it. <laughs> No, my cl I'm like, my class was the worst. I mean, when people wouldn't come to class. They would bully you for being in a different country. Like, it was horrible. I mean, I had the American fat jokes, so. Uh. <laughs> are you, sorry, are you talking about your class or the internet? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about my class. <laughs> so, so uh, we went to, uh, go on. Sorry, go on. you. No, no, you, no, go no you, you go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just basically going to try to get us back on track with the story. So basically, you've had you were a major history buff, and a lot of the the stuff from history, like those Chinese circuses and Auschwitz, was an inspiration for this comic. I wanted to do like again. I was like a stupid, like a really stupid, edgy, like blood, violence, like darkness, and all that. <laughs> so I wanted to make it like a YouTube, not a YouTube. A Facebook short story. It's mm. it was a stupid thing I wanted. I was trying, like I said, I was trying to show off my stuff to family and friends, but they never were interested. And I thought of a cool Halloween story, like oh, like a circus where this masked man is like kidnapping people and purposely disforming them to get money for his circus, and these kids come in and destroy his plans and blah blah blah. So <laughs> And I did a, like a little short story, kind of tried doing a short story, but Halloween passed and then I just dropped the whole thing. <laughs> mm. 
So that's where it all started. Like, it came when I was, like, 14, 15. Like, again, like, that really edgy, like, I've got to be, you know, haha, darkness. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, it's an interesting foundation, but a, a, a foundation is a good foundation nevertheless. Hopefully it's a good foundation. So if you dropped it when you were, like, 14 or 15, what made you want to pick it back up and expand on it? So you remember where I got the Kiva dog lover from Panic? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so I have, I dropped it. I remember I had the Ringmaster. I had like Echendalian like back when I was a kid. I mean, I I used to have a, a drawing of like Echendalian, uh, like a little poster thing with one of the old characters called Dino Boy, and which is spoilers, it is part, still part of it. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I just completely dropped it when Facebook and everyone's like, oh, it's too dark, it's too morbid. So I completely like, moved on. I worked on like other stories that, you know, I haven't really developed for a while. <laughs> and then here comes college. I go, I went to SVA. I went to a pitching story, pitching class. And he was like, okay, you guys choose a story and, you know, and then pitch me like a show or a movie. So he was going by every person. And here I had like my main story with like Vincent, like the creature you see in my profile that he's also part of this main story. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do the main story because I've been developing this for like 10 years or like years. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then he points at me and it's like, okay, you know, Kiba, what are you going to do? And I panicked like the whole wheel of like focus just went completely bonkers. And I was going through all the other stories and then I'm like, uh, Circus of Freaks. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know what? Like I said before, if Panic can get you something so memorable as your name nowadays, I don't see why Panic doesn't create something as memorable as this incredible webcomic. So I think I think you should panic more often. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I'm panicking. <laughs> then that means you're always making good decisions. There you go. That's how you live life. You get a constant panic. <laughs> But yeah, like once, like it was all like, okay, he wrote, he wrote it down on the board too, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm stuck with this. Oh, sorry for swearing. That's okay. <laughs> oh, I've I've sworn at least like twelve fucking times at this point. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Go for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh sh like oh shit, I gotta you know gotta start like planning this out. I had to go through my old. I had to go through DeviantArt to go through some of the old characters. And I'm like, okay, I remember the story. Let's see if I can like fix it up a bit. So. So it started out with like a movie, like a kind of a movie script up to, to like, you know, up to the circus. Mm -hmm. And then I started designing the characters, which Riggy kind of became like how he looks now. Igor and Blake looked better. Um, Eshendalian, half boy, goat girl, <laughs> which I have a story about goat girl. But <laughs> I was... I I'm, exci I, I, I'm excited to hear when we get to it because Goat Girl is the one I tend to like lean towards as one of my personal favorite characters of the whole entire story. Oh, really? but, but go on. You're saying how you develop this more and more. <laughs> like half, like I, yeah, I think Goat Girl was also part, she used to be part of the 14 year old because I saw her and I'm like, oh, I'm going to like update her a little bit. Half Boy was the newer one. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to base them off of my favorite film, which is called Freaks from like Johnny Eck. So I based... <laughs> Based half boy off of Johnny Eck, and I just started playing around with some of the story, Igor and Blake. So pretty much how it, it kind of is now. So I had like everything planned out. I think I stood up all night having like a ton of coffee, hot chocolate, and Red Bulls. It's like like college life. Say, <laughs> as as a college student does. <laughs> as a college student, just writing a script and then like figuring things out, drawing them out, and 
my teacher loved it. Like he wouldn't, cause I, I couldn't perform in front of people cause I was too scared. Cause everyone had like professional stuff and here, like I never didn't have like professional stuff. So everything was out of paper and like a little folder. And I asked the teacher like, Hey, I'm a little embarrassed because I have all these papers. Everyone has like USB sticks and everything. Can I show it? You know, show. <laughs> and I was showing him the papers and I was just talking about it. And he absolutely loved it. And he was like, I can't wait. If you ever post this, I want, you know, I want to see it. <laughs> and I've been, a I, I, long time ago, I did show him, like, my comics as, like, the years goes on. Well, that's he absolutely loves it, so. <laughs> that That is sweet to hear more than anything else. What exactly inspired you to make it into a webcomic? Was it just kind of that, you know, hey, this is incredible, I want to see more of it from that teacher, like, from the start? Like, hearing like people were excited, even when I started posting it on DeviantArt or like Tumblr, people were also like wanting to see more of the Ringmaster and all that. And I'm like looking through, I remember reading through the scripts and everything that I would write down. And I'm like, you know what? I want to make this comic. Like, I don't have a target audience in mind, but I want to see it. I want to do it. I'm the one, I'm the target audience. I'm going to make this for myself. And if someone likes, you know, wants to read it, then okay. <laughs> That, that, so that's where I, I was gonna say that motivation right there, <laughs> that that mentality of I want to see this more than anything else. I've carried that mentality with everything that I do. So I applaud you for going forth with it. Yeah, because I know like for like the longest time, I'll always be judged for, oh, this is too dark. No one's going to read it. Who is your target audience? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm the target audience. I'm doing it for myself. I want to see it. I'm going to do it. I want to see this come to life. We'll see. <laughs> So it must have been cool for you to see that this thing go from the target audience to you to developing quite an audience because they absolutely love it. Yeah, when people started loving it, I I, I won't lie. I think when I got like a hundred like likes or something on Tumblr about it, I just kind of cry. Aww. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, people like my stuff. <laughs> so. And nowadays, look at you. A hundred likes would be like, oh well, okay, okay then. <laughs> No, I still, I still love like when I get like a hundred likes. I'm like, no. oh damn, I'm still popular. <laughs> okay, of course, of course. <laughs> I, I know you talked a little bit about like some of the characters or whatnot. Do you have a personal favorite character from all the ones you've developed with uh, Circus of Freaks? I feel like I feel like one would definitely be noticeable because he's in another story I'm developing, which I'll get to that later. Which is Half Boy. <laughs> Half boy. I like Half Boy and then Ringy. Those are my two favorites. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. They are certainly interesting characters. Like I said myself, I'm personally a uh, a goat girl defender more than anything else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which which goes which back... actually, you know, I might as well too. Go oh, sorry, it. I was gonna say. Let... Um, here's a little fun fact. Did you know Goat Girl changed in the middle of the comic? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> She changed, because in the old concept, which I still wish I had, but they were, sadly all my stuff was destroyed in a house flood, so I don't have anything Aww, <laughs> anymore. But there was, like, old concept of, like, Goat Girl being shy, being timid, being like, oh, I'll be your mother, and everything to the boys. And it, it feels so out of character now. <laughs> that, but back that... then, she was, like, very shy, like, very scared. Like, often, like in the comic, you see, like, Ricky dancing with Goat Girl, and she's all shy and timid. And then I think when I got the part where they threw her in the cage and she got angry, I'm like, you know, we don't need no shy, timid girl. Let's make her like a girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> she, she went from being a, a shy little goat to just basically a goat. Let's just be honest. That's just yeah. goat mentality more than anything else. Pretty much. Like, wants to break everyone's back and scream. 
It's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're all right, fuck you, I'm out. Yeah, pretty much. She just made a complete change. If, I'm actually planning on rewriting or redrawing chapters one through four, so there's not going to be a shy, timid dance anymore. She's going to be struggling <laughs> to get out of Ring's hand. <laughs> She, she she could be like what is it? It's either Sundere or Yandere. Just one of those like she's dancing, but she's reluctant to dance. Like ah, just come on, <laughs> like come on. I just want to get back in my cage. <laughs> I'm gonna snap your neck when you're asleep. <laughs> Step on my ankles. That'll be the last time you use ankles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But I mean, nevertheless, at the end of the day, like you've gone through like nine chapters of this like amazing story. At the end of the day, how have you like taken in more or less the reception to all of this? I'm just, I'm, like, surprised that, like, like, I know, like, with Chapter 9, it was a huge gap because I got busy, I got, you know, moving, getting a job, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, getting used to everything, my, you know, like, personal issues are happening, and when I posted 9, like, seeing so many people come back and comment, I'm like, oh, people still love it, even though I've been dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Which I hope... I hope chapter 10 gets the same re- like the reaction because I know like 10 is still being worked on. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, especially with the amount of love that still gets to this day, I'm sure people are going to love whenever chapter 10 finally does drop. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I know for me personally, like just going through that comic, like just seeing kind of the characters, the interactions, how unique each and every individual character kind of is. Um, seeing the environment, the situations that you kind of set up more or less, like it was absolutely outstanding how you weaved this narrative and kept people anticipating whatever's going to be happening next in this unique world, if I say so. Like, even though it's something that doesn't seem like out of this world it is super unique what you've created. I'm glad because, <laughs> like I said, Circus of Friends is like super like special to me because it's like it's my first comic i think it was my first animation like trying to do more personal mm-hmm. like i think technically circus of freaks i think it was my first meme animation <laughs> like i want circus of freaks to be my first everything pretty much at this point <laughs> I, I i know the animated aspects of circus of freaks when you do have them out there are absolutely outstanding i remember whenever i was doing my research before you came on today i i saw the animated trailer that you set up for chapter nine when it released and i absolutely loved it oh my god um, just kind Nothing. of. Say, I know. I know. My girlfriend helped me with some of the animation, but it was just like ah. <laughs> I, I had fun cleaning and coloring, and just everyone reacting like, "Oh my god, chapter!" Like, I'm already planning on chapter ten's trailer. So. <laughs> I mean, even then, like just seeing the characters in motion or whatnot. I imagine, like, just even in that little instant, it probably got people a lot more hyped for eventually wanting to see a Circus of Freaks animation. Is that something that you would love to accomplish sometime down the line? I know I do plan on this in the future. Probably not now because, you know, I'm busy with a lot of stuff. Right. I do want to try making, like, either a short film or a 90-minute film of Circus of Freaks. <laughs> I mean, you got enough source material there to make either one of those possible. So I think that the foundation is nice and strong. Um. <laughs> <laughs> make it look like an 80s. Because I love 80s, like, aesthetic, like, films. Yes. Like, make it all grainy and dark. <laughs> Absolutely. I can only imagine, like... Especially if you make it look just right, you can make it look almost like a a darker Goonies at the end of the day. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe that's like a little inspiration of Circus of Freaks, a little bit of Goonies with instead of like what six children, it's two <laughs> <laughs> being chased by two <laughs> two goons that are still a little stupid. <laughs> I mean. I, it, 
Say what, you, say what you want about, you know, how smart or dumb those goons are. They're determined. They don't care what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> They have their, they have their they have their goals and nothing is going to stop them. They are they have that mentality. That's probably the same with Echidoli. They were determined to keep like gotta get that money. We gotta keep kidnapping people and you know make them weird. <laughs> get that money. Oh goodness! But obviously, like while we are still waiting for the conclusion of Circus of Freaks, it's not like Circus of Freaks is the only thing you've dedicated yourself to. You've even come up with a couple of other comic ideas and you know animation ideas that you tease about and that you've presented at times or whatnot i know one of the ones involves a character by the name of dimitri my man (laughs) (laughs) all right how dare you create your own man the simp over but um... i'm sorry i oh my god i have a story about that (laughs) go for it i'm i'm all ears on this one (laughs) dimitri at first i didn't simp for him i think like he like actually dimitri ironically came from a rock opera that i'm no longer a fan of mm. there was no art or anything so i made my own interpretation of this character okay. uh, like uncle raven and i just had the voice and i'm like you know what? i'm gonna design based off the voice so i was like drawing him and i wanted to tease my girlfriend because she liked nightmare ringy a lot <laughs> so i try to add stuff to <laughs> sorry <laughs> Was that was that her in the background? Is that her in the back? Yeah, that was her. That was her in the back. <laughs> Hi, hope you're doing well. We love you. <laughs> so I was adding like sharp teeth. I was making them like long nails and everything, like cricket smile. And I think I, I had a SpongeBob moment as I was like finishing coloring and putting in the purple skin and everything. I just you know zoomed out of the canvas and I looked at Dimitri or Uncle Raven back then. I was just like. Uh oh! Oh no, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so you went from teasing your girlfriend to si- to to being get got by sipping over him. How does it feel? <laughs> Pretty much. How does it feel when the tables have turned? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> she was like, "Good, <laughs> perish, <laughs> perish." Oh, <laughs> I think you could probably be the best one to elaborate on this point. What is it about Dimitri that just gets you going about him and wanting to do more with him? I, oh, I, I'm sweating. (laughs) You set yourself up for this. That's all I'm saying. I'm sorry. (laughs) No need to apologize. If you're apologizing to anyone, it's yourself for creating this character. (laughs) I know, like, I was experimenting with him a lot. I think, it's, like, the reason I love like, I love him is because he's, like, goofy, a little stupid. <laughs> not stupid, but dumb-witted. <laughs> Basically a himbo. He's a, pretty much, yeah. He's a pretty much, like, a, a scrawny, twiggy Uh, hey, you reap what you sow, and you sowed a, a wonderful, interesting character at the end of the day, so I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I'm glad people like him. <laughs> I really do. What What would you... I don't, I don't, mind, I don't mind sharing. No. <laughs> Someone make that like their senior quote or something like that. When it comes to Dimitri, I don't mind sharing. Um. Yeah. 
but back to the question that I had, like you've obviously created Dimitri. What are you hoping to do with this character? Like, how would you like to implement him in stories and such? I, I mean, I'm already planning out a story. It, it, like I do kind of slightly hiding it on Twitter. Like I'll keep the safe for work stuff like there, but the not safe for work stuff. It's a not safe for work comic. <laughs> mm, duly noted. Duly noted. <laughs> So I'm planning on doing like a not safe for work uh, story with him and the other characters that I, that you probably see me draw. Like, I think Maskey was the recent one. He's in that story. Okay. Mr. Clown Vince. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like Hell. Oh, Hell's definitely in there. I know I draw Hell a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <A> robot. <laughs> I mean, you certainly. I know you certainly draw a lot of these characters, especially when it comes to some of your live streams and such, which I have absolutely loved. Just seeing more or less the doodles that you've come up with, whether it be for something serious or just you know goofy stuff like. You know, Dimitri. Um. <laughs> he's, he's a he looks like a Muppet. I would I would love to have a Muppet version. <laughs> you got you gotta get Maria on that because she, I mean she was the one that did the the Muppet Mister Moneybag, so she'd be the perfect one to to get a Muppet <laughs> version of Dimitri. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you. I got. <laughs> I mean, I was just going to say, like, it's incredible just knowing these characters that you've created and the fact that you, like, hold them so dear more than anything else. Like, it's wonderful to know that each and every single one of these characters, like, hold a special place in your heart in one aspect for another. Does it ever amaze you that not only do you love and appreciate these characters, but there's a huge audience out there that showcase that love as well? Oh, same, because I know, like... I think ever since Circus of Freaks, like, there's a movie I hold dearly. I, I, I love movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a movie I hold dearly called Edward from Tim Burton. Yes. And that one, I hold that movie so dear because it's like, yeah, Edward's movies weren't good, but you can definitely tell he had a lot of passion for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess that's how my mind thought, like, eat, like maybe my stories may not be like, as good, but, like, I'm having lo- fun with it. Like, this is my story. That's where I got the mentality of like what Circus of Freaks like saying like I want to see it I want to you know I'm gonna do it this is gonna be for myself same thing with Dimitri's Carnival like Dimitri's Carnival I have no target audience at all it's for me it's my comfort it's my escapism <laughs> there we like go. it is like eighteen plus but like it's my escapism from like everything <laughs> let me sit for Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, with several other people that have been on this podcast before, like, at the end of the day, like, you're the one that, if you are not putting out something that you absolutely love whenever you look back on it, then you need to, then you're not making a true, like, passion project more than anything else. And I imagine for you, like, each and every single one of these comics, and each each and every single one of these characters that you put out there is your passion project that you are probably just at least grateful that other people love and appreciate that passion that you put out there. Yeah, like, again, I get, like, really happy when people like Dimitri, I get happy when people like Hal, even, like, Ringy, Half-Boy, I guess, because he's in both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. (laughs) He's in both. (laughs) Spoiler alert, Half-Boy is actually Full-Boy before he becomes Half-Boy. No, I'm joking. Um... (laughs) He becomes a Pony Boy, huh? He becomes a Pony Boy. There we go. Uh, so, so, so if he's got four legs instead of the standard two, he wouldn't be full boy. He'd be one and a half boys. <laughs> I'm good. I have so many weird questions. I swear. <laughs> Look, I question myself too so many times. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
I just know Half Boy out of all my characters. He had the one like the weirdest comments, and I feel like with Dimitri's Carnival, that that one question stopped. <laughs> I think like, I remember people. Would... Hmm? I was gonna say I think it's good that that question stopped. <laughs> Yeah, because I would get DMs and everything on my Tumblr or, like, <laughs> on my streams. It's just like, how does Halfway go to the bathroom? He's missing half his body. And I keep shouting out, to like, he just lost his legs. He still has everything down there. <laughs> and I would get that all the time. And then ever since Dimitri's Carnival, like, with what he's wearing now, no one asks me again. I'm like, see? <laughs> he's got a butt. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just... It's- it just reminds me of that one meme of like I don't know who it originally was, but like the person looking away with like the buzz, like why is everyone always picking on me? <laughs> like, Pretty funny. Yeah. You, you need to have that with like. Yeah. Some... <laughs> That's all my characters. I, I keep giving them hips. It's a curse. <laughs> the only one who doesn't is Dimitri. <laughs> and that's the one that you sip over. Let's see. Let's see yeah. how that logic works. <laughs> I mean, have you seen Ringy? Uh... <laughs> fair anyways um (laughs) but nevertheless like with all these like characters and all these ideas and all these stories i have to know like for you personally like where do you personally want to see yourself go from here like obviously you know a lot of people are still waiting for chapter 10 circuits freaks and you got you know this incredible other stuff going on with dimitri and such what do you personally want to see your like with your personal characters and such where do you want to see it go from here on out I know with Circus of Freaks, I want to try pushing it. Like again, like I want to make the the film. I am planning on another future project with them, so they're not they're not gone yet. They're right. gonna come back again. <laughs> and then with Dimitri's Carnival, like I think I, I do want to focus on that because that's right now my main escapism, like my mo- my main like story that I've been developing and I'm excited for. And I think like I might be focusing on those two. I know I want to work on my other stories. Like I have a lot. <laughs> I got too much, too many characters. I mean, there's no shame in that. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what, like, I think I would, I would love to like work on like Dimitri's Carnival or Circus of Freaks or the little secret project. Like, I'll try to see if I could make that full time. But you know, I'm stuck with my POS job, so it's a little slow right now. <laughs> That's fair. That's I would say stuck. I, I, I do enjoy my POS job. I'm not stuck, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But I also want to ask this question. Like, obviously, like. You know, thinking back to all the stuff that we talked about throughout this interview, just, you know, talking about the incredible characters that you developed, just kind of the journey that you've had, both like as a person, you know, moving so far away from where you are originally from to a random country, Croatia, and being able to go along this art journey and truly like realize this dream that you've kind of always had since watching, you know, Brother Bear and Aladdin and such as a kid. Does it ever amaze you the fact that you got an opportunity to be on this art journey so far? Like, you have to step back and be like, holy shit, how the fuck did I get here? All the time. All, all the time. Because <laughs> there's times, like, I would, I like, go back to when I was a kid. Like, back when I, like, didn't think anyone would be interested in my stuff. Like, even, like, I got a bully for it. Like, I would be in the lunchroom drawing and people would be like, oh, you know what's going to, like, you know, enjoy the stuff you do. It's too dark. You know, blah, blah, blah. So, like, looking back, like, I didn't believe I could ever go this far, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess it just amazes you the fact that you not only got to this point, but you're still going to this point. You're going Lord knows how much farther with this point. I guess, because I know, like, with, I guess, like, with the, like, being in the school and stuff, and just, like, I like I said, like, thanks to Edward, pretty much, like, Edward pretty much pushed me to be, like, 
this is what I want. If anyone's going to try stopping me, I'm not going to let it. This is my vision. Like, I had a quote on my DeviantArt for a while to say, like, why fight for other people's vision when you could fight for your own? <laughs> that is a beautiful... That's a beautiful way to word it. Holy crap. That is a beautiful mm-hmm. quote. <laughs> <laughs> that was poetic. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um... <laughs> Wow, sorry, I, sorry. I'm actually very touched by that. Wow, thank you. I needed that little bit of inspiration. Um, no, because like I said, ever since like that quote, just saying like why you know why do other people's vision when you can like fight for your own? Like that's like that's what I've been like clinging on to for pretty much till like to till to this day. Like Dimitri's Carnival, like some people like think like oh they it's too not too raunchy, but like you know it's too you got two like different audience. What what audience do you have in mind? I'm like I oh, just myself. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Well, in that case, I'm glad people, you're. I, I'm glad you're still fighting for yourself more than anything else. If people if people like Demetrius Carnival, then that's good. If people don't like the Demetrius Carnival, then you know that's your opinion. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> Some people just have a wrong opinion. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, like if no one else even pays attention to it, I'm sure the audience that you do have, aka yourself, is gonna really love Dimitri. Um <laughs> I already do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. But obviously, like, we've talked so much about, like, your art journey and everything that's kind of led you up to this point. So if I may, I want to give you more or less the dream scenario. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I come up to you and like, look, Kiba, everything you've been able to have a hand in is absolutely outstanding. We love the work that you've done before when it comes to animation and we love the stuff that you're creating on your own terms and we want more of it because we know that Kiba can create some incredible stuff. We have access to anyone and everyone in the industry and more money than there should be possible. Why do we have this in the first place? Don't ask. Tax evasion may be included. Um, if given this opportunity, what would be the dream Kiba scenario? I know, like, I keep mentioning this, but this might be really silly. Because I always think about it, whenever I'm sad, I think about it, and it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So, like, of course I want to do Circus of Freaks, the movie, but I think it would look really cool if, like, Laika <laughs> and Laika style. No, that <laughs> uh, honestly, seeing the characters and knowing how Laika could do it, that's, I, I'd be all down for that. I would run over to Laika be like, hey, you want to do a rated R, your first rated R movie? Well, bam. <laughs> PG-13. I was going to say, technically, I think the director has at least done a PG-13, because didn't he do, like, that Bumblebee? Was that PG-13? I don't know. (laughs) Either way, no, but nevertheless, like, having Laika being in charge of something like that, like, that would be incredible. Yeah, I think that was, like, I think, like, I would think about other, like, directors, like, if if I gave, like, Turkish of Freaks to other directors, I would be very clingy to it, like, Mm -hmm. even with Tim Burton, I'll be clingy, like, no. (laughs) But if like I'm like here you go I trust you. <laughs> and you know I trust you guys we can make changes. <laughs> that's fair. So basically, like the dream project would be, Laika presents Circus of Freaks, which is absolutely. Like, I would love that. I know it, I know it may not happen, but like that's the big dream scenario. If no one's gonna do it, then I'll do it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, again, <laughs> stranger things have happened in this world. You never know what is possible if you just put yourself to mm-hmm. it. I would. Uh, I, I just think about Rigby and Laika style. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the whole story. I don't know. I just love, like, out of all the studios, I love Laika. That's the one studio I just, I have no problems with, like, here. <laughs> there you go. 
I was saying that once they get done with Circus of Freaks, they can have their first X-rated film with Dimitri. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> here you go. No, <laughs> they'll murder me. Like you want to do what? And I'm like, yeah, it's a fetish carnival. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anyone has ever done an X-rated like claymation film. Like just out of curiosity. There might be. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised either. But let's not dwell on that fact. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Now that I've given you more or less the dream scenario, sadly, we got to get back to reality. We got to get back to, you know, life as is. And I'll ask the ever so generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself five to ten years from now? I hope I could do this full time. <laughs> like art full time. <laughs> like, again, I, I love I love my POS job. Like, it's, you know, not the worst. And, I'll, you know, it's, I enjoy it. It's got extra money on the side. But I wouldn't mind if I make more time to focus on like the comics or commissions and all that because i'm happy with what i do now right i would like to ump it up a little bit more and if i could make it full-time that i wouldn't mind like dropping you know like being able to focus on this full-time like working on other projects like you know helping out with other films doing commissions working on my stuff and maybe like push if i make enough money i can start pushing my own projects hopefully move out to get like a nice little apartment with my girlfriend and, her, and our friends so that's what i'm hoping <laughs> It's not big, but that's that's pretty much where I am. <laughs> I mean, you say it's not big, but I mean, even then, you know, any sort of progress towards that eventual end goal that you want is good progress nevertheless. And in five to ten years, I think that could be easily possible if you keep up what you're doing because you've been doing some incredible stuff. I don't see why not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I was, think, I was uh, getting cozy. <laughs> Getting cozy with my compliments. I see. Um, no, 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 no. I was gonna say, don't worry. I got a lot more to come. But before I get to that point, as we're winding down the interview, I just have one last question that I want to ask. Obviously, like mm -hmm. you were so deeply entrenched in art for as long as you can remember, as as young as you know, basically since birth, you've been a part of art and animation for so long. How important mm -hmm. is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? Um, I think like. Pretty much like how I've been using it, like sort of an, an escapism, like because I like I had a rough time in my teenagehood, like being in Croatia, and like whenever I get too depressed, I would literally escape to my stories, art, and everything. So I think it's, you know, people should like use art as it like an escapism if they're having a rough time, or it could be like anything from like movies to books to, to writing and all that. Because I think like with art, like it it helps just kind of get rid of like our anger stress depression for like a minimal time or like just you know at least like get away from everything for a bit and maybe like cool off and be like <laughs> i mean it's... and again like go ahead oops, sorry i know like just like pretty much like escapism and also like do what you want to do as long as you're not hurting anyone or like anyone at all like again like just Sometimes, like, I know some people want target audience, but I don't think it's, like, that bad if you want to do something for yourself. Like, that's pretty much my whole, <laughs> all my stories are all for me. <laughs> well, there you go. And you'll, you'll grab an audience. You'll grab an audience. <laughs> that's the mentality I've had with this podcast since day one. I'm just pushing out the stuff that I, I absolutely love, like, these conversations with incredible creators. So, yourself obviously included. So, if I'm enjoying it, someone out there's got to enjoy it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, as someone that listens to the podcast, I think I'm qualified in saying that because you're enjoying the conversation, so. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said, I like listening to your podcast as I'm, like, doing orders or just doing stuff upstairs or, like, at work. 
Well, once again, I greatly appreciate that. And with what you said, I cannot think of a better way to word it myself. With that, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, I've already, uh, wow, <laughs> words are wonderful. I have obviously showered you with a whole bunch of praise, but I'm going to shower you with a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do what I want. Um, obviously, like, Kiba, I, I, I've heard about you for a good long while. Obviously, you've been a major part of uh, Maria as well. Like, that's how I first became aware of you and got to really go headfirst into your stuff. The fact that you helped her along her art path as well to truly realize that that's what she wanted to do. Like, that was something that inspired me and in getting the chance to like really dive deep into your artwork was absolutely stunning just seeing all the different aspects of it whether it be helping out with spindle horse or obviously more like your personal stuff you're like your stories are incredible your characters are unique and engaging every single time and any chance i get to see your animation is absolutely wonderful getting the chance to sit down and listen to your story as well it gives me a new layer of appreciation that i've already that i already had before and that was a pretty high appreciation at the beginning of this conversation <laughs> so at the end of the day i just want to say thank you so much for being an incredible person and more or less just being yourself out there on the internet it's incredible to know that someone is putting out something that they genuinely love and is doing whatever they can to have that genuine love out there in the world. I appreciate you for going out of your way to make that a reality. Thank you. No problem. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no problem. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You're making me speechless. <laughs> I'm just being 100% honest, all right? that That's just how I always am with this podcast, so. I, I will grab you across the screen. <laughs> <laughs> will, that be, will that be before or after you grab the pitless cherries? No! <laughs> I'm gonna get <laughs> I gotta break the tension somehow. <laughs> but my point still stands at the end of the day, thank you for what you do. No, no problem. Thank you so much for inviting me to, to the podcast. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, if for people that may not already know for one reason or another, go ahead and plug your stuff for the people at home. Alright, so my Twitter is KeepItDogLover45. Same with my my YouTube, my Instagram, even though it's kind of dead, but it's still under KeepItDogLover45. <laughs> I also have a Patreon that I'm trying to fix up a little bit right now, which is also KeepItDogLover45, but you'll get to see, like, you know, the comic, Chapter 10, how it's looking so far, you know, sketches and characters and all that, so... You know, plug it into my Patreon, huh? <laughs> there you go. There you go. And if you missed anything, don't worry. I'll have it linked in the description below. I would say DeviantArt, but that's dead. <laughs> hey, if nothing else, people people should use that as kind of more or less an archive for the stuff that you've done. So I, I, I'm still oh, going to link it. <laughs> no, my old, old stuff. <laughs> it's, a, it's a foundation for what you've become today, all right? <laughs> I just got to apologize for all the Frankenweenie stuff that I drew for two years, three years straight. <laughs> You say that like it's a bad thing. Um, <laughs> do you have any final words before we sign off? Uh, I just, I, I just again, like, thank you so much. I've been wanting to, like, ever since I've been listening to the podcast, I always wanted to ask, but, like, sometimes, like, the house could be so loud that I get too nervous to be like, I don't want you to hear, like, conversations or dog barking because my headsets are so sensitive. But, like, I get just thank you so much. <laughs> I've been wanting to ask, but I always get nervous, and then I think about the scenario where I'm in. <laughs> I mean, hey, if it if it's 
helps ease you a little bit. One, we got through the conversation. So I think it's good that we finally took care of that. Secondly, dude, I am always nervous whenever I'm asking guests in one aspect for another. Because I know it's either going to be... It's either going to just be either a yes or silence. So I'm glad that I at least got a good response. And I'm glad you wanted to be on here. Because again, I've wanted to talk to you ever since I've had basically Maria on as part of the podcast. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, do you have any final words before we sign off? Oh, wait. No, we already did that. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I was going to like, uh, gonna try to think of a funny thing, but I'm like, my brain's dead. I got Dimitri in my head. <laughs> I already did Dimitri. <laughs> Here's something funny. Imagine Dimitri holding pitless cherries for you. Um, <laughs> I, I just slept out of his we love you, Maria. <laughs> um, but with that, no, I'm gonna kind draw me staring angrily at <laughs> But with that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta the way, amigos. All right, thank you again. Bye. Do I do, do I just hang up? <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. Thank you so much for sticking to the end of this week's episode. If this is your first time listening, I sincerely hope you enjoyed. Kiba was a person that I really wanted to have on this podcast, especially considering the impact that they've had on Tipsy. Like, knowing how much of an impact that Kiba had on Tipsy, which in part impacts me in this podcast, I the least I could do to thank her was to have her on the podcast. But, I mean, nevertheless, like it was the incredible conversation I absolutely intended. So... Keep up your listening. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to get a chance to talk to you. If you're returning, hope you're all doing well. Things have gotten interesting for me, considering a couple of choices when it comes to life or whatnot. But one of the biggest things that I hope you guys are excited about is... I finally got the PNGs in, which means the Twitch stream should be starting soon. You guys really don't know how excited I am for this. Like, just getting a chance to, to talk to you guys and really interact with you guys one-on-one. Because I, I do love what interaction I get with you guys. Um, whether it be, like, just a simple communication on Twitter, getting to talk with you guys, memeing with you guys. Uh... Thank you for the people that have participated in the little art challenge I've been trying to make happen with me and that weird little getup. RoboPug, I'm looking at you. In fact, if I can for the video version, I'm putting your submission here because I absolutely loved it. Um, but I love that interaction. I want more of it with you guys. and I want to be able to grow 
as a whole with you guys. And I feel like Twitch is a good step forward for me to do that. And I'm hoping you guys will be right there alongside with me. At this point, considering the fact that the PNGs are in, I'm probably looking towards the end of February. Whenever I get it started. It would be just a strictly weekend thing. I don't know how many weekday streams I'd be able to do. But, you know, stranger things have happened. And I'm letting y'all know right now, first game I'm doing, Bug Snacks. I mean, it's a game where you interview people. And as a podcast, I interview people. Kind of makes sense, you know? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but at the end of the day, I know life can be topsy-turvy for you guys. It can be topsy-turvy for everyone. I know there are times where it's rough, it's hectic, it's hard to deal with people sometimes. But you guys continue to power through and continue to do what you love. You know, at the end of the day, with some of the conversations I've had, one of the ways I can, I've gotten to know people is that through letting their creativity flow, they get a chance to truly let themselves out there and truly be known and truly get to express themselves that they couldn't in any other circumstance. And that's what I want you guys to do more than anything else. I want you guys to express yourselves. I want you guys to feel the most comfortable with yourself as possible even when it's hard to do so otherwise. Because at the end of the day, you are unique, you are wonderful, and the world should absolutely know it. So whatever you are focusing on right now, keep up that incredible work. I love you guys. Keep it up. Have a good one.